Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. First live show for the Joe Meister and I for Hockey Royalty, making it rain. How you doing, Joe? Doing well, Brandon. How you doing? Nice to be live. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing great, man. It's been a busy week. I know we postponed last week's uh, show because uh, we were both a little busy and there was only two games. You know, let's have a little bit of a meteor episode. Uh, go live. Hopefully we get some people in here that uh, wants to ask uh, some questions uh, in the chat and everything like that. Let's throw up that first banner there. Uh, just on the bottom there, but man, it's it's been pretty good. Some some good quality games. Nice homestand from the Kings. Some quality wins for the rain. It's been a it's been a good couple days. Yeah, with the exception of that Kings game last night, that was rough. I'll be honest. When when I saw Tampa was starting four D, thought it was something that uh, LA'd be able to take advantage of, but uh, unfortunately not the case. But uh, been a, been a decent run for the rain. A little back and forth. Boy, they've got some crazy lineups lately with. You know, some defensemen playing forward, playing with eleven forwards again. It's been it's been pretty crazy, but uh, entertaining games to say the least. Yeah, I mean, it was like uh, for some reason we can never play well against the Sharks, no matter how good or bad they are. Uh, and so that was a kind of a rough game from start to finish. Yeah. And then, you know, we were there in the in the Tampa game, and we should have taken that one home. So, uh, but you know, you can't be upset being second in the division. Um, I don't know no. if we still are, uh, but hey. I mean, I didn't think we'd be there. I thought we'd be fighting for a wild card spot. Plenty of hockey left. Sure. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's been something promising that we're seeing flashes of, of good hockey play uh, in there. And and, and uh, nice to get, see some positivity and some, and some uh, growth within the season. Seems to be a little buzz. There's a little buzz now starting with the Kings. You know, now they're, they're – it's – they're only a few games back of the of the wild card. So now, I mean, the Rain have been one of the top teams in the AHL all season. And the Kings now are, are a team that's second in the division. So things are kind of looking up overall in the organization. It's nice to see. Yeah, it's 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 great. So let's get started with our first topic. Uh, topic. Uh, a new prospect got a uh, cup of tea or a cup of coffee or still yeah. is uh, for, for the LA Kings. And, and that's Samuel Fagimo uh, making his Kings debut. Like, what have you... Uh, what have you liked about his uh, his placement within within the team and his play uh, uh, these couple games? Well, first of all, I, I just want to say I, I think it's good it's it's good that he's gotten the call, right? I mean, I know there's there's been they got a lot of prospects, but he's quietly put together in a, a fine season in Ontario. He's got ten goals, um, he's got fourteen points in twenty six games, but it's also he he is. And we talked about this with Sixton, how he's kind of quietly become a little bit of a a, a good two way forward and a good defensive forward. Um, and so the the first couple of games there that he's played have been they've been fine. I think the first game was perhaps a little bit rough, but um, uh, I think again that's that's kind of to be expected. He started against Pittsburgh, uh, was his first game there, so it, it'll. It, I think he's going to take some time, and I think as we've seen, Todd McClellan's going to try to take some time to figure out where he's going to fit where you know what what line he best suits with what what line mates he's going to he's going to play best with what centers etc so um th- there's going to be some of that that goes on that'll take a little bit t- bit of time to get kind of sorted hopefully he gets that i mean be, for all we know he could be back in ontario this weekend um but for now a decent start getting his feet wet um 
And I, I think that's right now all we can ask for just to kind of get that experience is just to just to get get start to build that up a little bit. Yeah, he didn't shy away from taking shots. So yep, you saw him a little bit on the power for. play. Uh, yep. He shot the he shot the puck. He's third on in the rain in goals with ten. Uh, so like you said, and so it's it's nice. I mean, he got the opportunity on the first line for a little bit again. Uh, I think maybe T Mac panicked after the Sharks game and put Brownie back up there because uh, I know he was on the third line uh, to start the, yeah. the Tampa game. Uh, but you know he's there to score goals and he's not afraid to shoot. And they've given some power play opportunities. So um, you know we've been somewhat critical of the usage of these prospects. Uh, you know, not getting opportunities and, you know, mainly with another shooter in Kaliev. And so he, you know, he came on and, and got first line minutes in uh, uh, a couple shifts here and there, got some power play stuff right away. So, you know, the confidence was still there from the beginning of the season. And you really like to see that uh, for a young prospect, especially since, you know, it, he's getting his cup of tea right now. Yeah. And I think for, for all the, the, you know, kind of crap sometimes that people give, not even just McClellan, kind of head coaches in general in the NHL, they'll bring up a prospect that's a, supposed to be a scoring forward or a playmaking forward, and they don't play him in that role. I mean, Fagimo got the shot pretty quickly, right up top, right, with, with yeah. Kopitar. So um, you have to give him some credit there. It's These things are tough. I mean, as a coach, you're hoping something clicks right away, right? And you, you just you push that right button and it goes. But if it doesn't, you you have to weigh that balance of, okay, do I let this go for a bit and, and let it play out? Or am I just, is it just not feel right? And I'm pulling the plug and I'm going to move them down. And that's, you know, they decided to go that route. Maybe if the game went a little bit of a different direction against San Jose, it doesn't, who knows? Um, but again, it'd be, hopefully he gets a chance to stick around a little bit and, uh, and see if he can kind of settle into a role here. But he, he kind of like Turcotte that is, I think is it are, are two forwards that I think the expectation needs to be that they're going to be, more like more well-rounded two-way 200 foot type of forwards rather than these offensive kind of juggernauts i think what you're seeing from Fagimo, for example in the ahl he's got 10 goals and four assists i think those are the types of that's the type of ratio that you're going to see out of him but if he can put pucks in the net and be responsible in the back end as well he kills penalties in ontario so it's just something to keep an eye on and see how he it gets used here uh, for his duration in los angeles yeah, and, and I think there's some positive stuff that we've seen, right? Kaliev has developed a defensive game, which has been praised, playing on the fourth line with two guys that are very good, uh, you know, puck chasers and everything like that. And then, you know, uh, you know, Samuel has done the same thing in the rain, playing a lot of third-line minutes uh, you know, at points of the season and being relied upon to use more of his defensive acumen, which is uh, something that, you know, you're, you're being well-rounded. And, you know, a T-Mac doesn't like – obviously we saw it with uh, – with Kovalchuk, the, the guys that are just pure pure scorers and no and don't even try to work on the defense, um, you know, Kaliev has done that. Samuel's done that. I like that he's not afraid to shoot. We don't want to yep. see people shy away from big moments and and go outside of the build of their game. Uh, so I, I really liked both of those aspects with uh, Samuel's start. Yep, I'm with you. I think it's I think it's a good start so far. First couple of games, and again, we'll see how long he's here. So with uh, with uh, speaking of uh, of start, uh, Brock Faber is going to get a big chance to start uh, for Team USA, getting the Olympic bid. Downside of, of the NHL players not playing, people who are not under contract with their NHL team uh, get a chance to to wear the uh, the colors of their home country. Big opportunity for for Brock Faber here. Uh, how excited were you for 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 a young kid to get this opportunity? That's awesome. You know, this is one of the one of the things that is a you know perhaps a for lack of a better term, a blessing in disguise with the whole situation that happened with not only the, the Olympics and the NHL, but the World Juniors, too. He didn't get a chance to play, uh, right? That tournament was cut short, obviously. So really exciting for him to get this opportunity. And, you know, it's it's fun. It'll be fun to watch. Uh, maybe with the NHL guys not going, perhaps there's a little bit less motivation for people to watch. But now for Kings fans, if you got a, one of your top defense prospects going, you know, uh, there's a, a little bit more of a reason to watch if you didn't have one before. So um, that's that's really fun, really exciting. Uh, he's he's he's, a, he's an intriguing prospect. Um, 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 he's amongst a, a loaded right side crop. Uh, for the Kings and whether his future is in Los Angeles or with somewhere else, you know, maybe Arizona for all we know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, wishful thinking. Sorry. Um, well, I got, we, got the, we got the 30 minute bid for the Chikrin stuff later on for a potential. 
<laughs> but either way, he's he's a he's a uh, an exciting prospect and uh, a good looking defenseman. Good for him. I'm I'm happy to, that he gets this opportunity. Yeah, only played one game for Team USA in the World Juniors uh, in that debacle, and then you're you're looking. He wore a letter there, and then getting the opportunity, right? And so, yeah. uh, you know, all all indications were or rumors are that he's going to go pro after the end of the season. What a chance that I mean, because you look at the, all the other teams still have pro athletes that are playing in their leagues in their home country, especially yeah. Russia. And so he's going to have an opportunity to play against pro guys from other countries, show what he can do, play good minutes. I assume he'll be somewhere in the second or third pairing, um, you know, there and might have a chance to get bumped up based on his play. You know, we, we did a whole uh, 20 minutes on, on him going, going in the world juniors and what he does well, which is gap control. And so when you're sound defensively going against pros, um, you know, it's going to be something that I think he's going to do well in this tournament. He's going to be there and his strengths are definitely going to benefit him uh, against uh, other pro athletes. I agree. I think in the way he skates, I think this is going to suit him real well. So I think this is a, a perfect opportunity for him to kind of to, to shine a bit more against uh, against some professional level talent. I think it should, it's a good opportunity. So moving on uh, to the next guy. And then, you know, thank you guys for coming in, everybody watching, like and subscribe. And if you guys got any questions in the chat, throw them in there for us. Let's switch it over to the next topic here, emergence of young stars. And so, uh, you know, lately with the, you know, a lot of the call-ups or, or just the way the season has gone, Madden and Spence have moved up into the top three and, and some individual stats for the reign. So if you see Madden is, is second on the team in goals with 11, you got Jordan Spence, uh, with uh, 15 assists uh, on the season, and Madden coming in tied for third with Jad uh, for total points at 19. So some of these first year uh, or some of these young pros are are really coming into their own as the seasons went along. Out of those, what have you seen from both of them? And then if maybe if you had to give the edge to one or the other as far as the emergence, uh, you know, who would you take? Um, so first, I think if we'll go back a bit and we talked about. Tyler Madden really early in the season, if you recall, and he was playing so well, but the pucks weren't falling. Yeah. Then he then they started scoring. Then he went cold a bit, and he's been great lately. And and again, I just feel like this has been coming. His play has been really really good all season long. I think he's been kind of an under the radar prospect, if you will, for the Kings because they have so many other guys uh, that are a bit highly touted. And you know they didn't draft him, so maybe there's part of that too. Um, so I, he's been one of my favorite forwards to watch all season. I think he's been a bit snake bit before. And recently he's been playing on a line with Gabe Velarde, um, Gabe Velarde and, uh, boy, I'm Quinn Byfield. I'm drawing a complete yeah. blank. And that line has been completely dominant, um, yeah. since they've been put together the last handful of games or so. And I think that's really propelled his game in Tyler Madden. Uh, so that, that's been great to see him kind of elevate his game once he's been put around with some better players that's been great he's been a staple on the power play um he's been in that bumper role often and he's doing a real nice job there so he's he's definitely doing a, a nice job i think for him physically he he may have to get a little bit stronger um in in terms of where his next step is and i i don't know that i see him getting a call to the nhl this year but i think he you know he he's certainly making a little bit of noise on that front spence has just been awesome from day one it, it he he was a guy that we talked about in the preseason i mentioned it in my the preview piece was there's so many tools here but is his is his skating going to take the next step as he jumps to the pro level and no question he is past yeah. that test with flying colors he's been outstanding he's the Kings, excuse me, the Kings, the, the Reign have hardly missed a beat since Jersey has been off of the top power play unit. He's been up in Los Angeles, of course. Spence has been fine. Uh, really exciting uh, to see Jordan Spence and the way he's played the game. So I guess I would say coming in because it's his his first year, he came over in the trade. Uh, so his first full year with the organization, he came over with the trade from Vancouver, uh, Tyler Madden. I'm going to give the edge, though, to Jordan Spence, I think. I think the expectations were so much – maybe I shouldn't say they were so much lower, but it seemed like he was really going to get – in the early part of the year, he was alternating with Grons, like in and out of the lineup. They were going to really take their time, and then some injuries and things happened um, to where they called up some guys, and all of a sudden Spence is playing every day, and he doesn't come out now, and he shouldn't. So I've been thoroughly impressed. And you know, listen, I, he he's somebody that could step in, I think – 
he, you couldn't hand him 20 minutes a night in the NHL, but you could spot him in third pair of minutes and get him on the power play. And I think he'd be effective, uh, similar to kind of how Dursey has gone to where he, he, he plays power play really well. I think Spence could do the same thing. He's that talented and he skates that well. Yeah, I, I would, I would tend to agree with you. And I really was, there's two you know, great stories for both. You have Madden, who uh, was a third-round pick, you know, was in line for the Hobie Baker Award, and then it hurt his hand. You have Spence, a fourth-round pick, who's played in more countries than I think almost anybody has, you know, being from Australia and then Japan and, and everything like that, and really just super outproducing his draft stock there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think you got you have either or, but, you know, a lot of people put more pride in defense uh, and, and what we want to see there and how we can get more – uh, uh, goals and stuff out of our defense core. And so whether he and, and a trade or he steps in on that right side, you know, and you, a couple of years ago, you wouldn't be saying that, you know, Walker and Roy are dispensable, but when you see Grons and Spence and Faber and all these guys, uh, Clark, uh, it, the right side might be pretty juice coming up in the next, uh, in the next few seasons there. So definitely something to, to take, uh, to take a look at. I would agree with you and give the edge to Spence just because the special team woes have been evident for both uh, for the Kings, not for the rain. I were first in the division on the power play. Uh, but, uh, you know, a big part of that is Grons and Spence and Jersey when he was there. And so yep. that's nice to see. And when those prospects take the next level, uh, you know, you're going to see that there. So it uh, looks like we got a, a question in the chat here. Thanks, Richard, for joining us. Let's throw that up there. Uh, it says, do you believe that Byfield is the missing piece the cent, uh, as a center for the third line? Uh, for the Kings, what kind of player would you prefer they trade for a top six forward or a top four lefty? So let's take the first uh, question there uh, if you want to answer that. Uh, is Byfield the missing piece as a center for the third line? I sure think so. Uh, and I, I, I think that we talked earlier a few weeks back and a month or so when everybody wanted Turk hot up and I was kind of really pushing the pause button on that. I'm not for Byfield. He has looked awesome. Um, he's on a roll right now. The production is coming, but even when he wasn't scoring in those first few games, you could tell his play was, was already there. It just, it couple of games of kind of refinement. Then he had the COVID. So a little bit of the conditioning here, he, I think he is a dynamic player and I think he can hit the ground running in Los Angeles. If the Kings choose to do that, which it certainly seems that they were, are going to, right. He, it sounds like he was going to make the team out of camp at this point, given as Richard's alluding to kind of some struggles on the third line, at least in terms of consistency and finding what is that trio going to be? I, I think he could absolutely be the missing piece to the third line. Yes. Yeah. You're dealing with a lot of injuries and, and COVID stuff here. So there's, you know, players like Athanasiu who are practicing again and all that kind of stuff. So how does that shake out? But I think, you know, if I were to pick a player that the TMAC quote about, you know, you could take a horse of water, but you can't make him drink is on Kupari. Even though he had a point this last game, his number one asset is his skating and taking that puck to the hole, which he did routinely in Liga and in the rain last year. And it just seems he seems to be scared to take that extra gear and go to to the net, which we've seen be beneficial for Kempe. And so is does Byfield have that fear? It doesn't look like it. I mean, He's always no. around the net. He's always around the crease. And, uh, you know, you don't lose any defensive acumen. He's good uh, ch chasing the puck. He's good at, at creating those uh, forecheck and back checks. And so I think that Byfield, uh, I don't know if you consider him the missing piece because there's probably going to be a learning curve just for him as, as well as everybody else. Uh, but after a couple of games, you've seen Turcotte get better. And, and Kupari's been up there and well-deserved because his last year on the ring, he was one of the best yep. top one or two on the team. Uh, but, you know, there's only so much spots. Maybe that'll uh, move some stuff open in the trade deadline uh, aspect of the season where maybe you see, I feel, both be on that line, bring Velarde back up. We'll see if they plan on moving. I know Blake said that they're going to be buyers and how that would go, and that goes directly in the next question. I think the top 4D is a more specific uh, type of player. So if you were like a big, like a Chikrin type uh, trade, might be a little bit harder to come by because the package is going to be more delicate. And maybe you get a top six piece, uh, you know, that that's a rental going this year that the uh, that the cost isn't as high if the uh, if the Kings are a first or second seed going into the playoffs. I know Joe, just, you know, is not a big fan of that uh, for the rental. Uh, but I think that the 
Kings would prefer to get a piece like Chikorin who has years on his deal, who is an elite player, who's going to be there through the times of when we are an actual contender, um, uh, which I don't consider us right now yet because it's uh, hasn't been proven for a long enough period of time versus a rental uh, top six forward um, this season. So I, this is a great question. I actually was thinking about this almost the same exact question earlier today. I am of the belief that they can kind of make their way with the forward. They could probably get away with not even adding a forward. And I know that may sound crazy, but I think if you think about it, you've brought up Turcotte. Let's see how he goes here. Give him an extended run. Byfield, in theory, is going to bring production to that third yeah. line. Uh, Kempe will be back. And the way he's playing, and, and listen, you and I disagreed on Kemp at the start of the season, and I've seen how wrong I am. So he he is a top-line guy that can play with Kopitar. So um, I actually think because of the emergence of Kempe and because of how well Deneau is playing, you put Byfield in and you've got Turcotte now in the third line. And I have been saying this since he got demoted to Ontario. I think Quinton – or excuse me, I think Gabe Velarde has the all the tools in the toolbox to be a top-six scoring winger uh whether it's with the kings or if he's in a deal so i actually think that they can get away with not acquiring a forward i guess if you if they do get if it, come deadline day if they actually are like okay now we just need that one extra veteran forward piece i'm okay if it's a cheap rental like cheap cheap but at that point i guess what player are you getting I, I would rather see them do the forwards from within because they got all of these guys and let's see how they go my priority is that top four lefty because if they don't address that, maybe they sneak into the playoffs. They're not going. They're not going to – once you get there, you're not going to beat a team with, with what they're going right now. I mean, Olimata is playing a regular shift. I'm sorry, but that can't happen. It's not fair to expect Jacob Overari to jump in there either, frankly. So they don't have that guy that's ready yet to come up. Yeah. Like I, I, is there. So you I, make a good I, point. You make a good point. I think I agree with you in the fact that you have you can name a handful of names. Furt came up and showed that he was competent on the power play. You have Kachev, who is still top three on the team in points and assists. You have Turcotte, who is only going to get better as he's moving on. You have Velarde, who's played minutes. And, and you know, I'm already with my hand here at five, if you include Byfield, who on the left side of the defense is like chomping at the bit, right? That That, that would be the trade candidate that I would go for. And to be honest, like we talked about it a couple times, you know, and we'll keep this brief is that I, I mean, even if we're contending uh, on some of the one year deals, like we've seen players earn spots like Kupari and, and Turcotte, maybe you just trade away after to see you get a pick and he's a one year guy and you make the room less uh, congested uh, for, for players who have earned it. Uh, but I think that there, like you said, there's players available for the, for, Forward, there there really isn't in the pipeline for left shot D that can make a a, a a impact on this team right away. So let's go to the next question before we get to that uh, one in the chat. Uh, let's go game one against San Diego Gulls, right? So uh, this game right here, uh, you're looking at 5-4, so back and forth, back and forth. Ontario, I thought, dominated this game for the most part. Uh from the get-go, and it was just one of those things where the goals seemed to just pounce back here and there. Uh, you know, the power play woes continue with uh, allowing one early in the second. What did you see from this game? I, I think you're 100% right, by the way, that they dominated the game. And the shot attempts that that I tracked, they were 68% in the Corsi 4, over 60% at 5-on-5, five five, dominated the high danger. I mean, this was all Ontario, and it could have gotten – um, it, it could have been even worse of a from a scoreline standpoint than it than it did. But uh, Jordan Spence gets his first goal, uh, first professional goal in this one. That's kind of started a little bit of a run that he's been on of six straight points. Um, this was just a, this was a, a solid game all around. Again, a dominant performance that it, it probably didn't even have to be um, quite as close as it was. And it was great to see Fagimo put in the overtime goal too. Um, I think that was awesome. So uh, good on him. And again, he, he started to put a little bit together there, get a little bit of a, a stretch of goals and, and some point and some production there, which probably aided in his getting called up, but um, a big win in a game that they dominated. You hate to see him lose a game that they played so well in. And so they were able to come out with, with the two points, which was huge. 
Yeah, two for five on the power play. So you like to see that there. Uh, you know, the typical TJ Tynan game with four points <laughs> in, in this one. He's uh, so good. He or is that so four or three? I think he had three. No, four. Yeah, he had four he, points yeah, in this he had one. Yeah, uh, so uh, definitely player of the game there. Uh, just really, really took it to them. And, and that's what you like to see. San Diego's a big rivalry. Uh, they have, a, you know, we've seen some uh, tough games as far as physicality uh, this season from that rivalry there. Uh, Brennan Tracy is, a, you know, a guy that has been up and down with the Ducks. And so, uh, you know, you're really seeing something there. And then, you know, a good thing for, is Quentin Byfield, right? He got on the or off the, the silent street the game before. This one adds another goal into it. Uh, gets is what we eventually will see as a point streak uh, and, and really something you want to see from fans because people are like, oh, where's Byfield? Where's Byfield? Like Richard alluded to. But for me, if he's not scoring points in the A, regardless of how good he looks, I wanted to see him get some confidence before he gets some minutes on sure. the Kings. That's just my personal belief there. Uh, but we would really like to see it there. Get two key points. I know San Diego um, is – is a little bit lower in the standings with uh, um, being uh, – where are they at? I thought they were sixth. Let's see here. Uh, overall. Nope, actually they're eighth. They moved down to eighth. So, you know, we got that's a, a team that we should take advantage of um, and, and really get the two points there. I just the, All those games just – they don't – don't they seem a little bit closer than them being second to last in the division every time we play the goal? So – I know. Um, so, but good, good to get two points there. So before we go to game two against the heat, let's go into the comments and, and answer this one here. Uh, I don't want to butcher your name. So HA there with the, the question, uh, do you think Jad has lost a spot on the team? Um, I'm su- I assume he's looting to the Kings and is a trade candidate at this point. Uh, it's a, I hesitate to say that he lost his spot. I mean, obviously he, he very quite literally lost his spot. He was sent down today. So like in, in the literal sense, yes, he did like long-term though. I still think he's a guy that, that can be a role. Like if you, if you fast forward to next season, like as well as Blake Lazat's playing, will the Kings bring him back? Right. Could that fourth line center line or slot be Jared Anderson Dolan? I think that's conceivable. I know a lot of people wanted that this year. Um, I think that's still in the cards for next year. I don't know that there's a trade there because I don't know how much trade value he has. I've talked about how I've, I've liked his game quite a bit in Ontario. I think he's done a nice job. Uh, both ends of the puck. He plays the penalty kill. He plays the power play. I think he's been a, a very good forward in Ontario at the AHL level. He probably could benefit from like an extended look, even on a third, fourth line role with a team. The Kings have a lot of bodies. We've talked about this, so it's going to be tough to find that consistent time. I don't think that they've lost. I don't think he's lost his spot in terms of like the organization. I still think he's a guy that I, I think that they're going to try to keep around. Um, and we've seen that they're going to utilize this these guys that can go up and down, and they're going to plug and play. I kind of think it's probably smart um, asset management to to you're not losing. I know a lot of people wanted certain guys waived here and there, and they're they've pretty they've been hesitant to do that. And they want to if they can move guys down, up and down, then they're going to do that. And it seems like Jod maybe is right now in that spot. Um, but I still think there's a chance that perhaps next year, uh, depending on what they decide to do with that bottom six, there could be a role for him. Yeah, I think you look at anytime you know he's a second round pick, played well for Team Canada. He's developed his skills uh, this season as we thought he needed to on the power play and add an extra skill set to his game, playing that uh, playing that uh, down low role that we've seen quite a bit. Uh, he has third on our team in points with 19. So he's putting the points up. He's doing well for, for the rain. Um, and just flat out, Lazai outplayed him on the Kings this, yeah. year, this season. Cool. And there's and- no shame in that because last year that wasn't the case in my opinion because he was putting up those goals. You said it was a it was a shadow. Those were shadow numbers because of the shot percentage was too high for him to be uh, consistent in that factor. And you know he didn't get a long enough look this season for that to be true or false. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we're seeing that he can score points in, yeah. in in the rain. And why wouldn't you? Like it, depending on the the piece that goes out or the team that you want, like you could see Chickering's the biggest name out there. And in, in the chicken trade, if he's the secondary piece, he could probably play third line minutes for them this season in Arizona. And and be feasible, or at least fourth line minutes, and be feasible for that team. And he's a former second round pick. Uh, I don't know if you agree with me. I think his trade value is probably around the same as around a second round value. 
because he played good in the World Juniors. He's showing he can play good on the rain. He's played <laughs> decent for the Kings. So he's, he's probably got, got a second round value in my opinion. He he's he leads he leads the rain. A team with Martin Furk, Velarde. I mean, Byfield hasn't been here long enough, but he leads the, the rain in power play goals. He's tied. Well, he's tied with Furk. Like that's he he's among the league leaders in power play goals in the American Hockey League. So he is. You know, it kind of goes my argument, seeing that that maybe he can't keep up the goal scoring, but in the HL he's showing that he can. So again, that's why I don't think that they're they're going to dump him. I think they'll keep him um, because I do think that they see a guy that could be a valuable player for them. I agree. Let's move on to the, the Stockton Heat game here. So Stockton Heat game we have. It's loading for me. Here we go. 5-4 uh, Heat. Uh, we needed this big game. We talked about it in our last podcast, fighting for the number one and two spot on the um, the standings there in the Pacific. Uh, this game was the exact opposite. I mean, I it I, I was surprised it was it was 5-4. Um, just completely outshot by, by Stockton. Um, you know, positive on this one, I would say, oh, no, nope, uh, the first goal was a power play goal. So, again, consecutive games with another power play. Both teams won for two there, but totally outshot uh, 46 to 27. Uh, did you see anything different in this game? And maybe what maybe what did you like? Um, well, I actually liked so, and we meant to, to go back really quick to San Diego. Lucas Parikh makes his AHL debut. Oh, Sparks, okay. got, Sparks got hurt, and so Parikh makes his first start for the rain. Uh, this season, and I thought he played really, really well for two periods. Um, then he made a, a few saves early in the third period, and so it looked like okay, they're Parikh is stepping up in a, in a game where they obviously need him to, where they're getting outplayed a bit here. And so they had a two goal lead like midway through the third period, and that's not something we've seen the rain lose this season. So they let a two goal lead slip, and then they lose in overtime, and it felt like just watching the game like. Boy, that that type of loss hasn't happened this season. Like wins yeah. and losses happened. That one where you blew a two goal lead late, losing in overtime, and then you have a week off, almost a week off. Like, boy, that was a little bit of a tough pill to swallow. It as yeah. from somebody watching it. But in terms of some positives, yes, uh, I thought Lucas Preak played well, and you still had guys that that were in streaks or, or production in terms of Byfield and Fagimo. They were still putting pucks in the net. They were on the board, so that was still rolling. So it's like you still had these guys, Madden and Spence, still chipped in points too. So it seemed like the, for everything that went so well in terms of production-wise and play from Parikh, for it to slip, that was that was a little tough to see. Um, but they bounced back. We'll see. They bounced back at least. But that's tough, tough loss given they had a two-goal lead when they did. Yeah, I, mean, I, I was surprised we had a two-goal lead, to be honest. And like yeah. I said, I, I thought they were peppering us. Uh, good on Parikh for keeping it as as close as what I thought it was uh, going into the third. And so, you know, positive in this game. Uh, uh, QB keeps up his point streak, two points in this game. Uh, you're seeing guys that we want to see on the, uh, come up to the Kings level conti- now continually produce, right? And so you're seeing, you know, Fagimo there, QB get another uh, two points, Velarde with some more points. Uh, and so that's a definitely a positive there. And, and, uh, you know, you like to see it against the top teams, right? I mean, the goals have always played us tough, but you want to see them rise to an occasion against, uh, uh, you know, knowing that the, the the division lead is eventually going to be on the line with the Heat and and continue uh, to to nip at their heels in the standings and, and take two points. Uh, too bad we only got one in this game, and we could have we couldn't put them away. Uh, but a young team with with a lot of players on COVID and getting pulled up. Um, you might see that this season, and hopefully towards the end of the year, they can start putting some teams away. Yeah, uh, I think that's it's it's all it was. It was, a, it was a tough loss, tough to see, you know, with the way they – the Parikh kind of, as you alluded to, kept them in it. But, um, yeah, unfortunately – at least they bounced back, but it was, an, it was a tough loss. So we go to another question in the chat there. Thank you guys for asking us questions. Uh, Long off here says, seeing Velarde produce in Ontario – uh, it is looking like he has changed and has become a more positive influence for the rest of the season uh, of that team. And I, I'll take this one as positive influence. You know, he got, we talked about it a lot, he got thrown into the fire as a two C and the Kings uh, asked to do a lot more outside of maybe what he was used to we only got a handful of games in the A to begin with. And so really he's still a young pro then going through all that cover stuff, uh, COVID stuff alluded to having uh, uh, some issues with the, the quarantining and not being around people and doing all those things. 
Uh, and so we wanted to see Joe and I, him reset when he came down to Ontario and be a more positive influence like you're seeing in Longoff. And I think we are seeing that he's scoring. He's, uh, you know, he did have that little jab in the interview saying that he'd rather play center, but I think he's been effective on the wing and, and shooting the puck really well, which I think is his greatest asset. Uh, and if, when he, I, I don't think he, he becomes a center in, in, in uh, for the Kings going forward, uh, you know, outside of injury, but you, you and I both see him as a top six winger. And so being able to do that and uh, use his shot, be effective on the power play. Uh, I do like that. He's been a positive influence and you and I both hope to see him after probably we think the trade deadline to come up for the playoff push uh, as a offensive influence for, for LA. Yep, I thought a move to the wing would go do well with him. And listen, for all intents and purposes, that was probably going to happen at the start of the season. But Byfield got hurt, and that probably changed a lot of things. Um, and him going down to Ontario and producing that nearly a point a game the way he has has only reaffirmed my my opinion and belief that I think he's got all the tools there to be a, a top-six scoring playmaking forward, uh, at winger, I should say. Uh, and that can be with the Kings. That's why I said earlier with Richard's question, I think they can address the forwards from within. Uh, and I think Velarde can be a big piece of that. I've been really impressed with his play uh, in Ontario. He played the first spot on the power play, scored a power play goal the other day. Um, I think he's been great. Uh, and I think that if they want to give him more time to season him, continue for him to get used to that wing position, not, no problem with that. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. But at some point, if they do need a guy to play up in the wing, uh, up, up in the lineup, I, I listen, I, I'm, I'm all in on Velarde. If As long as he's in the organization and is not traded, uh, I, 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 I'm a believer in him. Yep. All right. We, we, we had a back-to-back here with the Henderson Silver Knights moving on to the next uh, topic here. Always a, a, always a tough team. I think it's just because the fans uh, don't like that the name is so close to the Golden Knights and their disdain for Vegas and anything in that area. So – the Silver Knights have, have uh, you know, there's been some trash talking. There's been some close games. There's been some jostling back and forth. There was a little bit of that. There was a little bit of that in these two games. As you look with the penalties there in the first game, uh, you do have, you know, uh, six there for uh, for Henderson and then six for for the Rain uh, going back and forth. But overall, capitalizing on chances, uh, Rain pulled this one out five to two. What did you see in this game, and really what stood out to you? Well, I was first of all, I was happy to see Matty Valalta back. Uh, he hadn't played yeah. in quite a bit, so this was his first game back. Played very Got well. The third he, star. Yeah, he strung together some some really good performances. So that was the biggest thing for me. And also, listen, we just talked about how they had a kind of a, a I did, termed it as a gut punch in my post game, which maybe is a little dramatic, but it just had that feel to it. And then you get a bunch of days off where you don't get to hop right back in and play another game. So you you just you weren't sure how they were going to come out. Um, but it was – they played a very good game. They were the better team most of the night. Um, and and Valalta was there when he was called upon. So, just – I was just very impressed with the way that they bounced back from a tough loss against – you know, against a rival team in Henderson. Yeah, it, it was really nice. And Henderson's right behind us in the standings, right? So, they have 35 right. points. We have 41 uh, after these games this week. And so, you know, that was gonna, that's a big four points up for grabs because they played each other back-to-back. It was a home and away uh, which you know you don't really see much in the pros, but they see it quite a few times in the AHL. So you you have to get those points because you know we were clear in, in first place uh, in the beginning of the season, having that hot run. Heat kept it up. We kind of faltered a little bit, but we don't want to drop too far. And you know the Rain have done a good, pretty good job at keeping it up uh, with the amount of uh, you know transactions, which I'm sure every team has had to deal with there. But five to two is is a big there. You see the point streak continue for QB. We love to see that. Tyler Madden moves into the top three in uh, in uh, goals on the rain with an absolute snipe on that power play. Uh, and this in this game, you know, positive is we went two for five on the power play, but we allowed another power play goal. And if ever if anybody wants to view um, Joe's article about the power play woes with uh, with the rain, it's very interesting. We're seeing a lot of those cross ice passes. They're not able to take away the passing lanes. Uh, I believe that if I remember this game, I watched all three of the games this morning. So like we were talking about before the pod, Joe, some of those kind of blend together, but I believe the one on this game for the power play cross icer wide open uh, and, and the goalie didn't have a chance if I remember correctly. So just, you know, we got to clean those things up, especially for the Kings as well. 
Uh, and so that's an organizational uh, defect uh, there. But overall, um, you know, outshot them, uh, you know, out, outproduced them in, in every single period uh, there. Velarde with another goal, mm-hmm. uh, Tynan with the two more points. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, we've been talking about Tynan nonstop, uh, moves up to fifth, uh, uh, even after his uh, stay with the Kings uh, in the in the AHL and scoring, right? So 23 games, six goals, 28 assists. 34 points. Guys, I'm pretty sure monster. I can pick up some. I think I could pick up a couple of goals playing with Tynan. He's ridiculous. Well, your skating is very underrated. So <laughs> he's so good. <laughs> so good. It's not many players have dominated games the way he has. He, he's, he's impressive. So, I mean, he's probably going to be, uh, I would say he'd be in line for a, um, uh, for a MVP not again, depending on how much more time he gets with the, with the rain versus maybe yep. some call-ups here and there. Um, so that's something to take a look at. We, when we move on to the next game here uh, in, uh, in Henderson, another 5-2 victory. Yeah, and again, I, I, good to see Velarde – or excuse me, Velarde. Velarde too. Again, the, the, the guys that we've been talking about in terms of streaks and stuff, Velarde picks up. QB, Madden, Spence, these guys, and obviously Tynan because that's just what he does. But the, these guys starting to they're, – they're hot. They're getting hot, and they've been producing at a regular rate. So, again, that was good to see. And, again, Volalta uh, was very strong in this game. Um, and I, I think that for especially starting in the second game of a back-to-back and a home-and-home, home, so where there's a little bit of travel, you haven't seen that much. They decided to stick with him. I know Sparks is hurt, but – um, they decided to stick with Volalta, and and uh, he played really, really well again. And I think that's great because he had a stretch there for a bit where he had three or four games in a row where he gave up four goals. Um, and so things started to get a little a little shaky there. But he's been really good since. Uh, so that's that's a big takeaway for me. Yeah, I, I, you got to see the goal. Goaltending was a big uh, key to the Reigns' success this season. We had Matty V on, so if anybody's here watching did not see that, Go back and watch that episode. Matty Velasa, thank you again for coming on. Uh, but, you know, he talked about his technical going across the crease, being more stable within his own body, not trying to make the flashy save, just the correct save. And, you know, we've seen that in a couple games where where we've seen old Matty Velalta and, and maybe the defense didn't really help him out in those games either. But some of the games where he's really locked in, that's the difference maker for the rain. And then you really yeah. see that with how – uh, you know, the power, the penalty kill doesn't do him any service. And so he's got to come up big five on five. And, and, and Maddie, to his uh, to his credit, has done that most of the season. So really like that there. Uh, and, and in this game here, another point streak continues for QB, first star of the game there. Austin Wagner gets a point for the first yep. time in a while. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's something there. Two for four in the power play. Uh, again, uh, Ontario first in the uh, division uh, on power play. Uh, with 25.4% up from last time in our podcast. And the PK is at eighth at 73.2%. Uh, even though it's up from last podcast, that is still garbage, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. A quick shout out to Pavlichev, Nikita Pavlichev, the baby draft picks up yeah. his first uh, AHL goal uh, with uh, on that in the second Henderson game, too. Not a not a goal line that you would typically see from the rain. Pavlichev from Iverson and Castadol. Yeah. So uh not not a typical storyline from them this year. Castestool, uh, by the way, by Castestool, by the way, played forward too. He's a defenseman. Was asked to play forward. We talked about how short they are, and you know, so credit to him. He did a good job. And then uh, a nice, a nice line from a lot of emerging players uh, to put away this game uh, in the third with Jordan Spence getting the goal from Tyler Madden and Velarde. So uh, you know, two two statement games. You're coming through. We talked about it in the, uh, from the first game, right? Rainer right behind them. A lot of chippy stuff. <laughs> That extends from the Gold Knights, Silver Knights. Every time they come in there, uh, and and so this it was a statement outscoring them ten to four uh, in back to back games. Really coming in, and like you said, off the game with the Heat, where they got embarrassed uh, by giving up that two goal lead, and so really something for the Rain to build upon uh, going into the Abbotsford game. Let's answer some questions here before we get into the Abbotsford game and our Rain Star of the Week. Right now, we got Richard with another question. Thank you, Rich, for coming back in. Velarde, when called back up to the Kings, be on Byfield's wing. I like the chemistry they've shown in Ontario. That's a great question, and I, I, I'm okay with it. I mean, I know I've been talking about how I can see Velarde as a top six winger, but if if you're looking at, 
you know, you've got Dano Arvidsson and say Athanasio when he gets back, if they put him there. And if you put um, Ayafalo still with Kopitar and Kempe, that opens up that spot. Now, obviously, there's going to be a, uh, an elephant in the room whose name is Dustin Brown. Where does he play? Where does he go? What happens to him? But just in terms of answering this question, I think that's a pretty interesting fit. Um, and I think you you start to look at a one, two, three down the middle of Kopitar, uh, Dano, Velarde, or excuse me, uh, Byfield, you know, you, you, you could have something going there. So, um, yeah, I like that fit. Yeah, you talked about the draft earlier, and you're right, the elephant in the room is Brownie. Uh, was definitely not uh, effective on the first line, in my opinion. Last night, uh, you looked at he it has, has an odd season. He's near the top in goals on our team, been bouncing around. I think maybe the veteran presence on the third line is where you'd like to see him. Uh, but I'm a big fan of pairs, and pairs breeds confidence. If Byfield and Velarde are showing that in this level, it's definitely something to see. I believe Byfield would get the nod earlier than Velarde. So maybe we see Velarde come up and have that established chemistry when he brings it up there. Um, and then maybe Velarde earns the spot into the top six uh, by pushing uh, the, the, the needle a little bit forward. We biggest knock on him is his Corsi four uh, and not generating enough shots on his own and not being a driver uh, at, from the center position. So maybe on the wings, uh, that'll be something there. But you, like I said, you have the elephant in the room, like where does Brown go? Moore has been effective on the second line. Does he mm -hmm. stay there when you get sure. Kempe back, right? So, or does Moore go down to the third line? Uh, AA is going to be there. We've said it over and over again. There's just not enough room there. That's why we're not we're not opposed to the Kings getting rid of players like Athanasiu uh, at the deadline. Um, you know, to make more room for these guys who are producing, who are showing spurts <clears throat> there, and, and and trying to poke their head into into the lineup. Uh, like, you know, we've seen in the last couple uh, times there. Let's move on to C uh, CJ's question. Hey, hey guys, do you have any new information regarding Robo? It's been over a month since his leave of absence. I really hope he's okay and returns at some point. Thanks. Go rain. Go, go Kings. Go. Unfortunately, we have not. Uh, I know we've uh, reached out from hockey royalty to uh, Jared Shaffron, uh in the rain. Uh, no comment. The original thing was please be respectful of Robo's time away. So I really think that the Kings are trying to honor that by not giving uh, too much stuff. I don't know if you've seen anything, Joe, regarding why he's actually left and, and if there's any timetable to return. Um, all, I've no, all I know is we wish him all the best, regardless of what it, whatever it is he's dealing with, um, and get, get him right first. That's most important before he comes back and coaches the ring. Yep, completely agree. And, and no, I, I I have not heard uh, of any specifics. Um, I'm not sure whatever it is. So whatever it is that's going on, hopefully it's um, hopefully he is okay. And I've talked to some people that know him because he used to coach out here in Rochester for the AHL team. Um, played in the same men's league as him. By all accounts, he's a great guy. So uh, hope all is well with with him and his family. Agreed. Moving on to the last game here. A little lackluster with the Abbotsford Canucks after two back-to-back -back, five to two games. This one was not exactly a barn burner. Two to one for Abbotsford there. Uh, you're looking at uh, uh, Abbotsford one in a shootout. They tied it up in the third period with uh, the 14th goal in the season from Sheldon Dries. Uh, Cameron Gantz gets a goal in the second from Jordan Spence and Tyler Maddis. So the Spence keeps the assist train going. Uh, but positive in this game, no penalty kill goals for the rain. Abbotsford 0 for 5. So even though we lost this game, that's where I'm going to put my positive. 0 for 5 for Abbotsford on the penalty kill. Boosting up those numbers there for the rain. I know Joe just giggled, but we got to see improvements if the team's going to make a run uh, in the playoffs. What was interesting, there's also no power play goals. Uh, that was for the for oh, the Debbie rain. Downer was, right there. I was not going to allude to that. Come on. What I mean is it was that's been a rarity this season where yeah. there's been nothing in terms of special teams. It's just the third time all season where there's been uh, no special teams. And, you know, for for whatever reason, Abbotsford, the, these two teams play tight games. I think this was their sixth one-goal game. Yeah. Uh, I think fifth that has gone to overtime or a shootout. Um, so I had said it in the pregame, like this is for all – this this should be a tight one. Um, and even even in looking at the averages in terms of their shot attempts throughout the season against each other, they've been pretty, pretty close. Uh, so 
it was a good, it was another good one goal game, and freaking Sheldon Dryas uh, buries him, buries him again. I think he's got nine points uh, against the Kings this season, including seven goals. So they just have not been able to keep him off the score sheet uh, this season. But uh, a positive for me, I've said him before again, Matty Valalta, his third straight start, his third start in four games, and uh, uh, another good one. So he was he was very good. And listen. Uh, Artis Seelovs, the goaltender uh, for Abbotsford, he stopped Byfield, Velarde, and Madden in the shootout. So, full credit, full credit to him. He played a great game too for Abbotsford and Nets. So, um, tough one to lose, but it's always a tough one. It seems with these guys in Abbotsford. Yeah, if you're looking at, uh, you know, a good game for Matty V there. Uh, Jordan Spence gets another point. Just. Another squeaker, right? And you're saying Drys is just like the Lex Luthor to Superman, man. He just every time he seems to score a good goal, or when Abbotsford needs it, he just he's always there for points, and it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, he's I I had put in the preview stopping Sheldon. I said if they keep can find a way to keep him off the score sheet, and they didn't. You know, he he finds a way every game, but uh, a good game. Uh, to obviously, you hope to come out with uh, with two points, but um, and what was the rain had a power play in this one in overtime. Uh, and this is not the first time that they've had a power play in overtime against Abbotsford. They did this early in the season, didn't convert. Everything was perimeter. You know, they moved the puck around, around the perimeter. They never really got anything of high quality at all on net. It, it, there wasn't much. Uh, I, I they, they were in the zone the entire two minutes, but really didn't get anything overly threatening, in my opinion. Um, so that was a little frustrating. Yeah, I mean, you you got to get the, you got to pull that trigger there, especially over time getting the four three, especially with how dangerous they are, uh, and 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 bury one there. So uh, before we get to our rain of the week, we have Tim Coffee with a question here. It says uh, with Jack Jablonski moving into the Ontario booth, who's the next talking head joining the Kings for podcasts or color commenting? So I know Faust uh, is on COVID protocol right now, that's why he hasn't been there, and Nick Nixon has for the Kings, and so I don't. I didn't I haven't seen any tweets from Rain PR regarding uh, maybe COVID for the uh, Rain announcers, uh, but if they are looking for somebody to try to fill in for one game for color commentary, my email uh, can be found at hockeyroyalty.com. Joe and I would love to do the combo game there. Uh, give us a shot, you know, hockey royalty. Uh, you know, we got plenty of evidence of how awesome we are here. Uh, good beards for for the TV. And yes. uh, it'll be good to go. I mean, I know they can give that that head a shine, and I'll get a nice haircut, so it's not a <laughs> not thing years. But we'll be we'd love to come on there and uh, and give it a shot. Uh, and if it you know if it doesn't work out, it's AHL TV. Nothing, no harm, no foul. So uh, let's move on to Rainstar of the week. I'll let you take this one first, my man. Where are we going uh, with Rainstar of the week? And if you take it's, mine, I don't have a backup. So I, I, you, you know what? I could probably name any one of a handful because. Um, of how well that line has been playing that I've alluded to a few times today with Byfield, Velarde, um, and Madden. Um, but I'm I'm actually going to go um, with I'm going to go with Matty Valalta because of the way he bounced back. Awesome. He, he, yeah. he, yeah. get, he gets two wins and the only loss is in a shootout where he gives up the one goal. He's on a 9.46 save percentage over these three games. So to me, it's twofold. Like one, it is he played three games in the in a short amount of time. Two two on a back to back. But also, and off of him missing a, a decent chunk of time, he missed a couple of weeks, right? So, or at least a week it was. So not only that, but also, like I said before, he also had a rough patch. Like this was, he was going through a stretch where he's given up four goals a game. Um, so it wasn't just he he was not playing great. He missed time, and now he's playing three games in in four nights, and he answered the bell. Uh, yeah, three yeah. games in a row, two goals or less in every game. Um, so I was very happy with this play. There's a there's a lot because of the the streaks and stuff for the for the guys that are uh, putting points on the board. But I was very very happy to see Matty Valalta come in and steady the ship between the pipes. Yeah, I'm gonna go with QB on this one. I think, and the big reason is the excitement, right? So it's it's been a rough season for Kings fans regarding seeing Quinton Byfield. Um, you know, prospect <clears throat> envy is a huge thing. Seeing Zagers across, and Joe and I've alluded to that people just need to get over it and focus on what we can control as fans um but you, can, you can't help but to want the seed at number two pick the shiny toy uh come up and dominate he looked like he was going to get a spot right at camp gets injured comes back gets covid comes back no points and you're just like man is this uh you know is this going to take longer than what we thought and you know 
Obviously, there's a log jam on the Kings, but uh, QB, man, having a five-game point streak for these games, except for Abbotsford, uh, with points or multiple points, showing why he's a number two overall pick, dominating a lot of facets, not only offensively, but defensively, puck hunting, uh, and really being driving that offense. And you saw it on his first goal of the season, which was in the last episode, just taking it, just taking it wide. That guy one-on-one never stood a chance, buried the goal. You've seen him get that puck right in front of the crease. One, one deke goes, yep. buries it up high on the goalie. The goalie had no chance. And so uh, just really, it's, you're seeing the confidence grow. The skating was there right away. And now the timing is starting to come. I only think it's a matter of time, you know, uh, as Richard is also excited about his multiple questions about Byfield, uh, that he's up on the team, you know. Uh, Kapari hasn't been playing badly, but the door is definitely open for, for Byfield to have an opportunity to earn a spot up there. And uh, and I think that we see that sooner rather than later. No question. Uh, if people were beating down doors for Alex Turcott, it they uh, why wouldn't they for Byfield? I mean, yeah, it's not meant to be a knock on Turcott, but Byfield is is playing. He's a thoroughbred out there, and he's 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 a dominant player, and he's and he's producing like. I don't know what more you could ask for, but again, if they want to, again, he's he just got back conditioning. I get all that stuff. So I'm not saying he should necessarily has to be up tomorrow, but really soon he should be, he should be making his way up. And do we, when we talk about the start of the week, do we just throw a disclaimer out, like not named TJ Tynan because by my count, he had nine points in these five games we just talked about. So it just, it's almost not even fair. Like he in theory probably should be every week. It's crazy. Well, I mean, when Ferk was up here, it was him or Ferk every week. So, you know, we got to start talking about other people. Otherwise, people aren't going to tune in, right? <laughs> and Ferk, and, speaking of, he was he was back. There was some – thought maybe he'd be available to play in the most recent game, but he didn't play. But I'd expect Ferk back uh, on yeah, the next game on Saturday. Yeah, so the upcoming games there, you're having that Saturday, January 22nd versus Tucson. Uh, the first of a back-to-back on the Saturday-Sunday out there with – the Roadrunners, and then uh, a weird day game on a Wednesday with San Jose. I don't know why they're doing these weird San Jose yeah. uh, stuff, but a 10 a.m. game on Wednesday, uh, it, the first of a back-to-back with uh, San Jose there where they play Thursday at 7 p.m., and then uh, then you have the Stockton Heat on Saturday. So four games next week. I know we're going to have another uh, uh, long one. I know we're coming up on 55 minutes here. Hopefully the Kings keep up the hot streak. The rain keeps up the hot streak. We're going to have a lot to talk about. Uh, for all you fans in there, all we write tons of articles. Joe, I've written one. It's pretty good, so I only put out one a month uh, because I don't want to waste my <laughs> I talent. Liked I liked uh, it. It was really, uh, really good. With the prospect and everything like that. But that can all be found at HockeyRoyalty.com. We're going to start doing more live shows. Joe and I like this live stuff. Thank you guys for joining on. We're getting more fan interaction. That's what we want to have. So yeah. come on here, uh, ask your questions. Uh Joe and I typically, based on his hockey schedule, he's a coach. Uh, he has a beer league where he still puts up snipes on a daily basis. We want to try to do the shows on Wednesdays right around this time uh, for you guys. So that way you can kind of throw it into your schedule. Um, and we're going to be doing mainly rain stuff, but then you can throw in the King stuff and get our opinion, right? So sure. that way you guys can listen to the Kings episodes, the rain episodes, and then we'll throw our little uh, opinions in there because we're all excited about how the Kings are playing too. We're all want to see QB. We want to see if Chickren's going to be wearing the black and silver by the end of the season. Um, and so, you know, throw all those questions in there. It's going to be like, subscribe, uh, you know, tell people to come on. We want to get a good group of people in here talking hockey every single week. Uh, and then if this starts getting flowing, we might do some pre and post games uh, where, you know, we can give the rain a, a, a little bit of a break and just talk about the game at hand for the Kings we're trying to get more stuff out there on YouTube. So, and then for the same people who have been listening to our podcast that just do it, these episodes will still be available on those platforms. You're not going to see the questions being asked, but that's why we're going to try to say them out loud. So you guys know why we're transitioning uh, and you guys can still listen to your car in traffic on the four or five for six hours on your way home from work. So Joe, a, a pleasure. Oh, sorry for all you fans here about my camera. Um, I, I know I'm not scouting in the KHL in, in Siberia here. Just got a new computer trying to figure out all the all the stuff there and trying to get that uh, dotted in. Uh, Joe's the better looking guy anyway, so that's why you have to clear a camera. 
but I'll try to get that fixed so you're not going into, uh, you know, uh, uh, fits over there or seeing the, the weird static uh, here. I'm, I live in Fort Worth. Uh, we're definitely in civilization. Uh, it's got to get that got to get that tuned up, you know, and uh, got the tune tune skate to get it going. So try to get that going for you guys. But uh, Joe, one another fantastic episode. Thank you guys for coming in. Uh, ooh, Logan, my brother in there in the chat, listening. Appreciate you guys, CJ and Tom and all the rest of the guys that commented. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, just thank you to to all the guys that popped in here, asked some questions. It was a blast, a lot of fun, and uh, looking forward to do it again. Great questions too. Uh, love the interaction. It just makes everything so much more fun, doesn't it? So, uh, hope everybody enjoyed it. Yeah, appreciate you guys, and see you guys next Wednesday. Thank you.